Welcome to the outreach ministry of Bishop Victor Gill, prophet of the nation. Coming to you from the Caribbean paradise, the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. Join us right now for an experience that can change your life. Get ready for your miracle. Here is Bishop Victor Gill. Second Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. It reads, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. Today I want to share with you on the subject, the purpose for the scripture. What is the purpose for the scripture? What is the real purpose for the word of God that has been given to us? Seven centuries before Christ, during the reign of King Josiah, we are told that the word of God was lost in the house of God. What a paradox. The word of God was lost in the house of God. When the word of God was found and read to the king Josiah, he was shocked to discover how far the nation had drifted from the word of God and how deserving they were of judgment. The king himself declared that great wrath was kindled against them. He humbled himself. He repented and wept before God because he felt that it was only a matter of time before judgment fell on the nation for violating the covenant and going contrary to the word of God. I always thought it very interesting how a portion of the scripture can be read to a king without any human input and it caused him to weep before God and repent and consequently an entire nation was spared from divine wrath. Personally, I cannot read through a significant portion of the scriptures without feeling something like what Josiah felt, a sense of fear and a need to repent. Is it possible that in an effort to be positive, we can again lose the word of God in the house of God? 
believe whether or not the word of God is lost in the house of God depends on how we view and approach the word of God. How we view and approach the scripture. But what is the Bible really for? And so my first point is the answer from the Bible itself. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So in that order, the Bible is saying it is given for doctrine. Doctrine means teaching, education, to impart knowledge, to shape thinking and transform minds. That is what the Bible is given for. It is given for reproof. The word reproof means to prove. It means to prove the quality or genuineness of something. To reprove means to uncover faults. To expose errors in order to correct them. That is what the scripture is given for. Reproof means to critique. To show that something has gone wrong or someone has done wrong by giving proof of such wrongdoings from the scripture. Therefore, the sense of the word reproof is to rebuke or correct by giving proof of one's error. Reprove means to point out where one has gone wrong or is going wrong in order to point them again to the right way. You know the Bible says we must ever so often examine ourselves, see whether you're in the faith. The next word is correction. Correction means to set straight by correcting faults. Or errors to restore what is lacking. This word correction was used in the secular sense for the correcting of a document. The word correction was also used for the restoration of a place of worship or a sanctuary. The restoration of a sanctuary. In relation to human beings, correction means to bring about right conduct necessary for human well-being. So the word of God is given for correction. To set straight by correcting faults. The next word is instruction. This word instruction is a Greek word and this word appears six times in the New Testament and it is translated as instruction as discipline and chastisement which means punishment 
so that the concept of instruction is a very serious issue. In Hebrews 12 and verse 5, it says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening. That word chastening is the same word, pedia. It means instruction. But, he, but understand what, what the word is saying here. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. So it means something very firm. When you think about chastening, the word refers to the rearing of children who need to be chastened or punished at times for the sake of proper upbringing. Instruction speaks of education through chastening or painful discipline. That's what the word of God is given for. Instruction speaks of education through chastening or painful discipline with a good goal in focus. Sometimes the word of God can come across as instruction, as painful discipline for our own good down the road. And then you have the word righteousness. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word righteousness means justice, fairness, or uprightness. In the case of the non-believer, the word righteousness was used in the secular sense to refer to the standards set by a higher authority which a person adopted as his own standard. And in the case of the believer, righteousness means adaptation or conformity to the standards set by God Almighty in his word. Even though we are saved by grace, Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 22 and 20, 23, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons and in your name done many wonders? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that practice iniquity, or lawlessness. The word practice or work iniquity in the King James is in the middle voice, which means the subject is not being acted upon, but the subject is acting upon itself. So it, it tells us that it, it, this is speaking about deliberate, willful, personal actions. You practice lawlessness. It means nobody's influencing you. Sometimes you can blame this one and say, and blame that the, the other one. Jesus said you practice. Not by some coercion, but you of yourself. And you see, we must understand this. We must take responsibility for certain actions. So it's an deliberate choice. To do certain things. But the scripture is given to correct that. 
to tell us, hey, you got to do what is right. You, know, you just can't say, I am saved. And the, the, the Lord will forgive me. Jesus said, many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied, we cast out demons, we did many mighty works. Uh, and he will say, depart from me. I don't know you. You practice lawlessness. You practice, it means you did it habitually. The scripture is given to encourage us to make the right choice or to make righteous choices. That's what it is for. Righteousness. To encourage us to do what is right. So yes, the purpose of the word of God is for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Number two, the purpose for the word of God is to guide us unto eternal salvation. More than anything else, the word of God is given to prepare souls for eternity. Are you hearing me, saints? I say more than anything else, the word of God is given to prepare us not just to have a good time on earth, this life is very short. This life is splitting. The word of God is given to prepare you for eternity. This is the main goal. And we must be careful never to lose sight of that. This life is just the dressing room for the life to come. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 5 says, Man goes to his eternal home. Amos chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Prepare to meet thy God. In John chapter 12, 5 and verse 39, Jesus said, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Jesus said, Search the scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life. The scripture is about preparing us for eternal life. And so you must search it. And you must let it search you. Because you don't just want to be right here. You don't just want to appear right in the eyes of men. You want to make sure that when you die, you hear God say, come, my blessed servant. You hear God says, welcome into the joy of the Lord. Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 48, he who rejects me and does not receive my word has one that judges him. The words, watch this, that I have spoken will judge him, watch this, in the last day. Not the last days. The last day, the judgment day. That day that is coming. That day that Paul spoke about when he said, I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Paul lived for that day. He lived with that day in mind. That day. 
when all chips will be down that day when it will not be your favorite preacher or what church you went to or how much money you had in the bank or you did not have but that day when God will examine the hearts of men and God will judge them according to truth could somebody say amen Jesus said if you don't receive this word this same word will judge you at the last day you know, sometimes if you, if you just let the Bible speak for itself and get rid of all the hypocrisy and this one say that and that, just read the Bible and fear will grip your heart, honey. You will live straight. You will be judged by the word of God. And so we must be guided by the word of God, not feelings. Not personal tastes. Not your likes and dislikes. And we must practice the word. James 1 and verse 22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. How can one deceive themselves? If you hear the word of God and don't do it, because you seem to be doing well now. You are deceived by the way things look at this present time. But in the end, you will have to face up to reality. And you will have no one else to blame but yourself. You see, the way people deceive themselves is that they say, look, Look how good I'm going. Look how good I'm, I'm prospering. So Jesus said to the scribes and the Pharisees, he said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They said, who told you we need freedom? We are not bound by anybody. And Jesus said, he that serves sin, he that sins, he that practices sin is a servant of sin. In other words, all they were seeing is the present. All they were seeing is now. And so sometimes the word of God is being preached and we tell ourselves that that is not for me because look where I am, I'm doing good. But the Bible said it is the goodness of God that ought to lead to repentance. Goodness doesn't mean that you are good. Goodness means that God is just merciful and patient and long-suffering. Anybody out there? 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, if anyone competes in athletics he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules even so as Christians you could be in the race and at the end realize that you are disqualified because you did not follow the rules the rules is the word of God the rules is the scripture listen to me you can't make up rules as you run along are you hearing me you can't say well this one did it so so I will do it so no you got to check the word because they will not be there to judge you and when that time comes is eternity you are talking about are you there with me forever and ever and ever and ever we got to know the truth and follow it now lest we will be disqualified the word of God is the rule for the heavenly race number three the purpose of the Bible defined in one word the purpose of the Bible the purpose for which the Bible 
was given defined in one word. To me, if there is one word that brings out the purpose and essence of scripture, is the word instruction or text. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That word instruction is used in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11. And it says, it is used there as the chastening of a child. The chastening or disciplining of a child in order to guide the child to a joyous future. Are you still with me? Hebrews 12 and verse 11 says, no, listen to this, no chastening or no instruction seems to be joyous at the present time. Oftentimes, facing up to the instruction of the word of God does not bring immediate joy. That's the truth. There are some things that God will tell you to do. And you will have to reshuffle your schedule to do it. There's, there are some things that God will tell you to do. And you will have to swallow your pride to do it. You will have to make sacrifice. You might have to change your way of doing things. Plans you had. Big plans. But because you, the instruction of the word of God comes to you. The Bible says no instruction. And the word there is chastening. So it gives the very idea that it's going to cause pain because it's chastening. It's discipline. It's, 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 it's used in the context of rearing sons, rearing children by disciplining them now so that in the future they will be better. They will have a good future. So he says, no chastening seems to be joyous at the present, but painful. You see the word there in the King James is grievous. So sometimes God, God speaks to some of us and we say, oh Lord, it's, it's, it's grievous. Yes, it's grievous to the flesh. It's grievous to the sin nature. Beloved, but you, I, you have to decide whether, whether you're going to grieve now or grieve forever. So the Bible said, it is grievous now. It is painful. Whoever told you Christianity would just be, you know, a bag of sweeties. Just nice words, nice this. No, no, no. The Bible is meant to give instruction or discipline, chastisement, which at times... It's grievous. But don't resist it. Hear what it says. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them that have been exercised by it. So you see, we got to think about the afterwards and not just now. My friend, if you don't go through some difficulties, there will be no afterward. There will be no afterward of reaping the fruit, the joyful fruit of a life 
that has been disciplined. And uh, the, the word disciplined, a life that has been, or those that have been exercised, it literally means exercise, training. You go to the gym and you exercise by lifting weights that are painful. You don't go to the gym because you want to go. You go to the gym because you have a goal for how you want to look. You want to look good and you want to be healthy. So you lift weights, you're breathing hard, you're running on the treadmill or you're lifting and, and it's, it's difficult, but you keep going. And if you have a coach, they will say, don't stop. Don't stop. Go one more. And you push it. You're pushing. You're pushing. So you can look. Not like me, like probably Wesley. Right? What causes the change in your life is the exercise. It's the constant practicing of the thing that is causing pain. But after a while, you get results. So, so in your Christian life, you don't run from every pain just to please self. You stand up and you exercise yourself in the word of God. You work it out. You work it out. You work it out. You are going, are going, are going, are going. And one, and two, and three, and four. I ain't stopping because this exercise will bring something more important than big muscles, than triceps and insteps. And so we must exercise ourselves with the instruction. That comes from the word of God. So, the Bible is the instruction manual for heaven. There's, there's a saying that goes like this. The acronym for Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Instruction is for your eternal happiness. Proverbs 4 and verse 13. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Keep her for she is your life. And that is speaking about eternal life. The word of God warns about the eternal future of those who despise instruction. Proverbs chapter 5, 11 through 13. Hear this. And you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed. And you say, how I hated instruction. And my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teacher, nor inclined my ear to those that instructed me. Proverbs 5 verse 22 and 23 says, His own iniquity will entrap the wicked man. And he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction. And in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Proverbs 1 and verse 32 says For the turning away of the simple will slay them You hear that? <laughs> when you read these kind of scriptures Oh my God For the turning away of the simple will slay them And the prosperity of fools will destroy them So Prosperity does not mean that you are living right. You can turn away from God and prosper. 
But God wants us to prosper in obedience, prosper in holiness, prosper in truth, prosper in righteousness. We appreciate the time you spent with us today. If you need prayer right now, send us an email to info at victorgill.org or call now at 1-868-266-1830 and we will pray for you to get your miracle. You can partner with Bishop Gill to bring healing to the nations by donating any amount at www.victorgill.org. Thank you. From our family to you, God bless you richly.